listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. And we're back. <laughs> that is the the perfect little jump in, especially if people have uh, are are you know binging them, which is how the show is meant to be experienced. I think just one after yeah. another. Yeah, if you just listened to our last one with Shantira Jackson, I know that that one was fantastic. But I just wanted to say for this one, set your expectations high. Yeah. Really, I can't overhype this enough. We can't. We can't build up what we're about to say. I mean, I'm I'm looking over the script now for the podcast mm-hmm. that we're going to do, and it has some of my favorite lines. The script. We yeah. work. We work hours on this script, and you don't. You never know what to expect. There could be a belly dancer. There could be a fencer. There could be an accountant. It's all going to be. It's all going to be exciting. Yeah. That's and that's why we wrote it. That's why we transcribed our own little our own little exciting episode of the episode. Um, how how are you doing, Hannah? How's it well, going? The, scr- the script you wrote for me says I'm supposed to say good, but not as fantastic as you look. That's really what you wrote for my line. Yeah, yeah. I thought it. I thought it would be true by the time we got here, and I wasn't wrong. There are so many compliments in this script. That's all just about mm. you. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, you know, I could, if we're going to be honest, I could use a little boost. Yeah. So I'll take them. All right. You know what? This episode, I'm going to boost you up. Same. Yeah. Do you remember doing the, like, uh, I'm rubber, you're glue thing? And and I was going to say high school, but before that, like bouncing no, off of me 60. No, what is that? You don't know I'm rubber, you're glue? I don't know. Say, let me know what it is, and then maybe I'll remember it. Okay. Well, this is the opposite of what we're talking about, because you would say something mean to me, and then I would respond, okay, but I'm rubber. I'm Will. I'm rubber, and you, Hannah, are glue. I never did this. So, so then the rest of it is anything that you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. So it's a little like anti I'm going to say that to my uh, Twitter trolls next yeah, time. It definitely holds <laughs> up. Gonna- maybe it's a regional thing. <laughs> So we're doing the opposite of rubber glue. I'm every time you say a nice thing to me, I'm going to go. I'm peanut butter. No, I'm jelly, and you're <laughs> peanut butter. Everything that you say ends up sticking. Nope, that's the same thing, but with a different kind of. I think rubber glue <laughs> still works. It's just a nice thing. But you're both both things. That's what the human experience is recognizing that some days you're rubber and some days you're glue. So. Just be mindful of the kind of energy that you're putting out into the universe, which is also a rubber universe, I think. <laughs> Amazing. What I hope that everyone listening knows that whatever compliments we give each other also sticks to you, yeah. the listener. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Is it the transitive property? If it belongs to everyone? It is. It is. We're going to go with that. Before we get into Leslie's house, let's live in our house for a moment more. Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's good to be here. We have so much company over. It's so nice to have all of you in our house right now. Um, but we actually we have room for even more even more people. Uh, we got some guest bedrooms if you want to listen from there. A little spa if you want to listen from there. Um, We've so we got really the wanna... live-in basement with all those fun arcade games. Yeah, there's a foosball table that is just begging to have. I mean, that's. You could do two listeners or that could be four listeners. You know, if you're having if you're playing teams in foosball, um, 
And Hannah and I were talking and we realized everything, <laughs> we realized that everything is hard <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, so starting from, from that as a given, uh, we also realized that, you know, if we had released our podcast, let's say if we'd released our podcast in 1987, a great year for podcasts, then people would be listening to it on the train. They would crack up at a goof. They would guffaw. They would laugh. They would chuckle hard. And someone would say, you know, oh, what are you listening to? And they would take off their headphone or they would turn down the volume on their boombox and they would say, I'm listening to Pawnee Public Radio. Um, that sounds like 1987 to me. I That is my knowledge from if watching. If I know <laughs> anything about 1987, it's that people turn down the volume on their boombox and they say, it's Pawnee Public Radio. Yeah. The research I did was watch Glow and Stranger Things um, two years ago, <laughs> but I, I think it holds up. But because we don't have boom boxes right now, um, we've been talking about how to how to get more people into our giant Pawnee Public Radio house, a community, a town, if you will. Yeah, we're if you haven't noticed, we're obsessed with you, the listener. We <laughs> I love talking to you. I love the Connor Club. I love Joy, the librarian. I love. Well, I love my parents. That's a given. But <laughs> I will now I'll say it. I love your parents. You know, if not um, for this episode, would I have ever become such good friends with your mom and dad? Probably not. So that's a perk. And because it's 2020, we were thinking, how can we, without our boombox train, bring in more people to the house? And we came up with a raffle. A raffle. Pretty, uh, pretty cutting edge stuff here if anyone wants it, any from the tech industry wants in on this from the ground floor it's a raffle <laughs> i know that you're already thrilled you're like raffle count me in but i think we should explain it to you even more so here's how it works from now today tuesday until december 31st 2020 uh if you the end of the year the end of the year you remember can't wait. Uh, all you have to do is subscribe to Pawnee Public Radio, leave a five-star review, and then email a screenshot of that review to us at townhall at pawneepublicradio.com or tweet that screenshot to us at Radio Pawnee on Twitter. And you'll be entered into a raffle with a shot at winning a spot on Pawnee Public Radio. Now, listener, do you want to increase your chances of winning? Yeah, of course you do. Yes. <laughs> when? If you, yes. If you encourage other people, I'm talking friends. I'm talking family. I'm talking childhood crushes. I'm talking childhood bullies who you say the first and last name of. Encourage them to leave a five-star rating and review and then email or tweet us the screenshot and we'll add your name for every review you share. Now, is this technically a pyramid scheme? Some people might ask. Absolutely not. Will says maybe I say absolutely not. <laughs> but will it be fun? We both agree unanimously. Yes. yes I think, we think this will be a lot course. of fun. Absolutely. Uh, now let's dive a little bit into what a spot on Pawnee Public Radio means. Just to clarify, we've had some fantastic experts on the podcast. Matt, the Venezuela expert. Desi, the beauty queen. We've had fantastic people come and give us more insight into something that they're passionate about that relates to the show. So if you win, you get an expert segment, but it can be about anything you want. 
And you can be passionate about anything, or if you want to just come and hang out, we will be passionate about you. Everyone who (laughs) has listened to our show has excellent taste, and we'd love to hear what else you like. Um, Book recommendations. I mean, that just everything. What TV shows are you watching? Really, really high quality podcast material. Yeah. TV shows, books. What what do you dislike about us? Yeah, be honest. Feel How free can we to improve? Bring that to the table. <laughs> this is the uh, way to really speak truth yeah, to our power is, as podcast hosts. <laughs> you know, with voicemails, we love hearing from you. But I if you want to have a phone call where we pick up, this is the avenue. Yeah, we've been going straight to voicemail for months now. Um, but let's find a time that works for all of us and hang out for a little bit. And then through the magic of editing, we'll take our conversation and hang out and cut it down into a, a fun little thing that everyone else can listen to. Um, We're thrilled because this is this is the best of every world. We get to to have one of you on the podcast. Every and world. hopefully we get to fill our guest bedroom. Yeah, every single the, world. According to the multiverse theory, there are worlds where everyone gets to join our podcast. But in this world, in this raffle... There can be only one winner. And I personally, I hope it's you. You know who you I are. I hope it's you too. Yeah. We're rooting you it. for yeah. you. Yeah, we're <laughs> winking at you specifically. I actually just started winking. Will can confirm. You practice pretty much every podcast and it's they're getting better. Now, I think we've lived in our house. We've talked about our house enough. It's time to get back to Leslie's house. Let's do this thing. One one more thing I might just suggest is it is getting close to the holidays and podcasts make great gifts. So, I mean, it's free, it, you know, hours, hours of, of quality content. So I think if you're if you're wondering what to get someone, you could also subscribe them to our podcast. And I feel like that, you know, that that's a gift that keeps on um, that keeps yeah. on giving turkey day more like podcast day. <laughs> That's really good. There yeah. we go. All right. So let's get back into our script. I guess we're on page three now. Yeah. Just a second. Sorry. Let me. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. We were Will all... you Look. lifted up your script to the to the mic. I just rubbed my hands together <laughs> for yeah. the sound of same sound you've gone, effect. You've gone digital. Leslie's house. Um which sounds Leslie's like house. what could be its own show. You know? Oh, it's on Leslie's house, seven eight central, and it's about hoarders in the Midwest. <laughs> I think I told you this as we were watching, but I had a building manager whose house looked even worse than than hers. Um, so he would like open the door to get a rent check or something, and it would just be a whiff of a smell, and then I would just see piles of paper. I had never seen anything like it. Yeah, and I consider myself a pretty messy person. Yeah, and I even I was shocked. I consider you a pretty messy person too. I think um, we've we've never lived together. I'm I'm just gonna say <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> wow, you got your little piles, right? We have pile systems. Oh, it, in the script it says admits to it <laughs> intensely and says you're right. Owns, so I guess you're right. Owns up. Um, <laughs> holds up. Um, 
Yeah, Leslie's house is really fun. And I think the the thing is, I was like thinking about after, what is the A story? What is the B story? What is the C story? And an episode that feels a little bit more like a bottle episode, that means everything's Mm -hmm. contained like a ship in a bottle, which will appear later in the show. Uh, But there really is still an A story. And I would say sort of dueling B stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the A story is Leslie is now dating lawyer Justin and tries to impress him by throwing a dinner party. Let's see what the log line on Peacock says. It says, following a day with Justin in Indianapolis, Leslie hosts a dinner party at her house. So the A story is really her attempt at impressing him since he is a guy with a lot of stories, impressive stories, I would say. So I think we we talk a lot about extras having you know, time to shine uh, in Parks and Rec a lot. And this this feels like there was a grab bag of just interesting characters that they wanted to play with. And they came up with a really fun excuse to get them all in the episode. Um, totally. Yeah. But it is a fun, a fun little bottle. And I think, I think we can, I think we should tell you about it. Yeah, let's do, do wanna, it. So, you want to hear about it? Yeah. <laughs> you want it? Uh, so it starts with, you know, Leslie, uh, last last episode, if you remember the setup, decided to go on a date with Justin, Anne's lawyer friend, who is both impressive and handsome. Yeah. And so we get this thing up top where we sort of see the world that Leslie's got to enter into, Justin's world, the high paced life of Indianapolis. Um, yeah, so cosmopolitan, she- bustling city, Justin's world. Leslie's house, Justin's world. Kind of like a crossover Buffy and Angel type situation. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, we see, you know, he takes her to an aquarium, rents the whole place out. Um, he takes her out to dinner where he's helped the chef out of a lawyer th- situation. So, like, you know, he's sort of like well loved, well known. It's, it, you know, and then he says, like, he's going to be in Pawnee mm-hmm. soon. And I told Will while we were watching, Leslie really puts herself in the pickle that she gets into this episode because she tells him that any Pawnee, this Pawnee date is going to blow Indianapolis out of the water. She really gets ahead of herself and is like hype it up. And her face as she processes what she's done is quite funny. Yeah, she immediately realizes that she's in a pickle and she's put herself, she's put herself in that pickle. For sure. She's pickled the jar herself, but Which um, she can, she continues to do because she goes back, she yeah. has uh she has a meeting with Anne. Um I forgot a part though. I am so embarrassed. Oh the, my gosh, the, op- don't the cold be. open <laughs> the cold open is is the rec center. Will mentioned all the fun extras. The the cold open is Leslie say telling the rec center teachers that she's going to have to fire, I believe, ten percent of them. Yeah, I think it's like five teachers aren't going to get their classes renewed because they had to cut a thousand dollars from the from the rec teacher. And budget. she does it in a very awkward way too. She goes, "You're all a jewel on the crown of Pawnee." <laughs> Unfortunately, we're losing some jewels, and and Leslie herself loves the rec center and the teachers. Yeah. Then we go into the Justin dates. I'm. Many apologies for this mix-up. Yeah. The the best way to listen to the... Think of that as a as an end note, you know, and then flip back to where you were. If you're yeah. reading along in, in your script. <laughs> it's like a choose-your-own-adventure where you can really start at me 
apologizing and saying the cold open, or you could start at the date description. Oh, interesting. I keep getting the apology ending it, but I'm going to try to, I'm going to re-listen to the episode and see if I can, <laughs> if I can just get to the cold open. <laughs> Perfect. Um, we're back. We're talking to Anne. Um, they've sort of switched energies from the last episode. Leslie is all fired up and Anne seems really exhausted from and from last really episode. seems exhausted. I mean last episode she was running around, she yeah. was bringing blood in accidentally and this episode we're not sure if it's the Mark Brandanowitz effect where she just just completely yeah. matched his energy, but Anne seems like she wants to take a nap this whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Um and and this is I think it's a pattern of Leslie getting herself into a bigger and bigger pickle over the course of the episode um in that Anne's you know Anne's advice is like don't don't do anything crazy just have have him over for a nice dinner and Leslie reads that as a dinner party with all the most interesting people in the world (laughs) yes she takes Anne's idea and she runs with it she thinks that their lunches are think tanks and I love we get glimpses of how Leslie sees the world. And I love that how she sees the world is this way. It's really like true to her character, really wonderful. Um, But it sets her up for this dinner party, which even just a dinner party should be okay. But it's Leslie. Nope. So the, the expectations are high. It's unlike overhyped, perpetual overhyped. Yeah. (laughs) She also, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, go, go. Well, I was just going to say, you know, for all the shit we gave Dave, I sort of enjoyed that she was the high status one in the Dave relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, where he was trying to learn the female heroes that she had. He was memorizing facts. He was trying to impress her. And I think there was a comfort there. And with this new guy, it's like the pendulum has swung in the other direction. And now this is the kind of relationship where she constantly feels like, a little bit low status and a little bit like trying to impress him, which is relatable in a new relationship. But I just think it's interesting how she kind of went the opposite of Dave. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I sounded like good, good writing again of like thinking about the structure of the whole show. Of It's season two, you know, the, the show is, has in a lot of ways reinvented itself and, and where the, drama and comedy is coming from in the second season and i think putting her in those you know swinging her from high status in one relationship to low status in another is a way to to continue kind of um, fleshing out her character yeah Yeah. making her character more and more interesting Um, oh yeah and we're not saying that he no one is better than leslie no he's not actually better than her in any way it's just that she feels the need to impress him yeah and we would too i think i'll say if i you know, if I were in, if I were on a desert island with Justin, I'm well, sure he he's already been on a desert Jennifer island with Anis- a million people. Aniston. Yeah. Yeah. In the show, right? Is that one yeah, of the stories the that show. he tells? That's, 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 that's uh, show fodder. What is it called? Oh, canon? Is that canon one? fodder. <laughs> I think just canon. Canon? I, don't, I think oh, canon no fodder one. is when you're shooting at someone, then you're canon fodder. But I think canon means like a part of the like can, yeah. canonical it's, it's just a canon and <laughs> that yeah, justin <laughs> leslie nope is intimidated because jennifer aniston is his ex i mean this is this explains a lot this episode yeah look at don't ask us look at the wiki if it's not there give me yeah. a little bit of time and i'll add it um 
We're um, we're getting the guests. So first, let's let's invite the people from the office. She's got to go to Ron. He's her superior. He's the first person that um, that she asks, and she asks by by just like slowly adding the number of courses until it's enough food for him. How did and yeah. ensuring that he can bring his own devil's eggs, deviled eggs. Yeah. How? What did you think? Is it devil's like, eggs or deviled eggs? The devil's eggs are deviled eggs. The devil devil's eggs and the devil's eggs are deviled. Is that, is that clear Listen, I didn't write the script, guys. Will wrote it this one. So there's I, like five pages here yeah. about devil's eggs being like tongue, tongue twisters. twisters. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. I'm just no, trying to work out more. The next five pages of the script are just tongue twisters, Will. Yeah. Yeah, does that does it feel like we can cut that now, or do you want to just like record it, see how it sounds, and then we can decide? Okay, later we'll record it, it, and then we'll cut it if we think it's boring. Listening back, so okay, so we just cut into this next section because that we just recorded it, listened back. That that twenty minutes of saying devil's eggs again and again was less interesting than we thought. Yeah, my tongue is a little tired. I'll say it. I have kind of like. My inner the energy level of my tongue now is the energy level of Anne throughout this episode. So I apologize for that. <laughs> um, so she invites Ron. Then, you know, she she says, let's invite all the interesting people, mm. which basically means everyone except Jerry. Donna is nowhere to be found this episode. So she's not there, but I feel like she would have been a good person to invite. So she invites all the office people and then asks Andy if he doesn't mind working the party for 10 bucks an hour. Yeah, she's slowly trying to make good on her uh, on on stealing a hundred thousand dollars from him. Yeah, upwards of a hundred thousand. I was when I was watching, I was like, she took upwards of a hundred thousand. But I do like how she like keeps him employed throughout the series until like the very end. It's all through her, and I think that he really does appreciate it because I think Andy has fun being an adult with a job. I think yeah, he likes role playing job. I think it's a kind of teach a man to fish situation, right? Where right. it's you know if you, if I you still give think a he had a great case against the city. Fish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Josh Wiggler. I still think about what he said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Every day, but Josh, you know, this is a tough position for Andy, and we'll get into it in the B story. But he. Both has to deal with Anne and Mark still dating and Justin, who he really doesn't like because he's the guy that Anne was clearly in love with for many years as well. Yeah. So he has two men he doesn't like, but he's willing to work the party for Leslie. I think Justin is also a bit of a draw for him where he's like, oh, actually, Justin being there will make Mark's life worse. I think that was how I read the scene. Maybe I'm... You disagree? We have two different experiences. I think it was just... Punch after punch. It was like, first, all oh, right, Ann and Mark, uh, what's the occasion? Justin's coming. Uh, and then he goes on that whole thing about like the king of Africa <laughs> and the Berlin Wall. And it's, Can you know, he's really not. Yeah. You don't think he's. Yeah. And he can. Justin can play a mean keyboard, apparently. But um, yeah, I think for Andy, he is, um, you know, he's slowly growing up before our eyes, you know? <laughs> yeah, very. Very slowly. And it does help that everyone around him does still treat him like a child. Like they are very patient with him, (laughs) which is good. But, you know, we so Anne goes over to Leslie's house um, to, you know, help move around a few things before the party starts. 
And Anne has never been to Leslie's house. And it is revealed that basically Leslie, I think we can call her a hoarder, right? Yeah, I think she's a a collector. She's a hoarder. But you mentioned you mentioned, you know, seeing a space like that before and get and like catching a whiff of something. And my impression is like there's no smell. Like it's way no, too I much think, stuff, but there's yeah. no smell. That's sort of my read of the scene. Yeah, I get the sense that it's a clean space, but that Leslie, everything means, every item means so much to her. She picks up, Anne picks up a random newspaper and Leslie's like, no, that is, what is the Iran-Contra? What does what yeah, she like say? the first rumblings of the Iran-Contra scandal. <laughs> um, she has like three birdhouses. Yeah, I mean, it. it's the thing that's so great about, it's like she's treating her house like a binder. And it's just full of every possible thing that she might need. And she's just I excited mean, by so many things. The house is just Yeah. Fine. But it is it is fun to see that like like the inside of this it's kinda like her brain and heart is this cluttered house and it's like the people in her life are gonna help her organize it so that she can become the best person possible. Yeah. And it, I think it also shows that she uh is alone, you know, is like living alone, and that maybe most of her social stuff happens at or around work. Like she isn't hosting people over in her in her home until true now. So Anne is a little overwhelmed. She's already exhausted. Um, I'm just gonna assume Anne had a lot of shifts in a row, and then the whole setup took a lot out of her because Anne is like, "How are we gonna do this?" Leslie lets her know that Andy will be coming over, but Anne says it's not enough. So. Leslie decides to dip into the rec teachers. That's the callback from the opener. And there's a lady that teaches an organizing class. So she gets her to come over. Kind of a, a but Marie it's really, Kondo-esque presence. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's really a slippery slope because Anne asks her what she'll be cooking. And Leslie says five courses. But she has a grocery shop. She hasn't planned. This was a so moment she that just, did feel a little out of character for me. Where I was like, okay, that's fair. You know, whereas like for the joke and the setup, I think we maybe sacrifice a little bit of like Leslie not being prepared. Um, but it wouldn't it would have hand, worked for you if I'm she had been it. like, listen, um, I'm gonna make steaks and and like uh like fancy salads, and she pointed to having gotten all the ingredients, but maybe doesn't know how to make all that. Like, would it have helped if she? had thought about it, but just it was one step away. Because you're right, it really, she's able to pull together like huge town events, but yeah, she really didn't think through this dinner party. You are right. This is a tiny bit out of character. Not the house being messy. I actually appreciate that. Yeah, very, very detail. much. Well, it's also like if you're going to be that good at flaws. your job, you've got to sacrifice something at home. <laughs> I think. But it is, it is putting together like, Yes, yes. Mm. With the house, yes. But you're right. It is kind of out of character. She does pull together festivities really quickly. And the fact that basically she brings all these rec teachers in to cook, Mm. to make drinks, to do everything. And this, I guess, is in character where it's not that when when her back's up against the wall, she makes intense choices in order to succeed. Yeah. So that is more in character. Yeah. I mean, I it's. As a, it's a comedy. <laughs> I feel like with anything where it's like, it's all. No, we have to talk <laughs> it to death. It's all worth it. 
Um, but I, yeah, I wonder if maybe if this episode fell at a later date, there would have been something where, where Leslie, yeah, got all the ingredients, was really prepared, and then there wasn't room in the kitchen for her to do her, you know, or like she needed, yeah. um, yeah, she overprogrammed herself. Um, but, but I yeah. love, she's just wants, she's just like, all I want is to, you know, be president one day, made blah, 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 and host the dinner party. She is, I love that she just has these lofty ambitions and she doesn't even, everyone gets there except for Justin at first. And she doesn't even let the conversation start <laughs> without Justin. Yeah. This, this felt like big, uh, early, early improv show in college energy of being like, don't waste anything. Like th- that felt like the inside of my brain. Save it for the stage. <laughs> Save it for the stage. We can do warm ups, but let's not do three line scenes. Yeah. We got to keep that brilliance for the stage. Every every podcast that Hannah and I do also starts with that. We're all like, Hannah will start, you know, a really nice conversation. How's your day? And I'll be like, no, no, <laughs> just wait. I'll. <laughs> but I, it is nice because I do feel like we, you know, Will and I ended up seeing each other in a park. Because Will drove across the country. And we saw each other in a park. Because <laughs> parks and recreation. Yeah, but we got together. <laughs> and Will and I realized. We talk once a week. We really do check in for an audience with each other. Which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we sat in silence. Two hours. Yeah. We hours. just thought there's nothing left. Save it for the <laughs> pod. Um. So Justin eventually shows up. And I'm trying to skip over the B story stuff. I yeah, think you can all, tell it's all mixed in there. You're you're picking it's out you're picking in. out the vegetables that you but like, but you're going to eat. Later. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Justin, Leslie's worried that Justin is not having a good time. Mm. And Sleepy Ann is like, "Don't worry, he's talking to Mark." And then Sleepy Mark is like, "Actually, had a moment that I can relate to where Mark." Stole a story from um, some kid at camp. that happened to yeah. another kid. Yeah, where his face was on fire, but no one could see, and um, and he he pretends it's his own story to impress Justin. And I feel like that is something that I, in my highest social anxiety, <laughs> which clearly Mark has with Justin, I feel like I can relate to this moment. Yeah, I uh, that story also feels specific enough that it feels like a story that one of the writers also stole from a kid that they went to camp with. Like, <laughs> I love the time when he's like, well, the kid can't tell his the story because his mouth melted off. <laughs> like, it, it is actually a funny Mark Brandanowitz, what am I saying? This dinner party has me all upside down. It, it's nice to see him push to do something extreme. You know, it's nice to see Mark like, I think it is why it's a stronger yeah. moment where he's, yeah, he's doing something. Um, yeah, and we get, and, and Tom is in a similar position where Tom lies his no, way. No, B story, B story. Oh, okay. No, Tom is the B story, <laughs> April and Andy. It's Tom, just as a preview, Tom, though Tom, Wendy, Ron, Love Triangle, that's B story. And the April, Andy is okay. B story. We're trying, listen, this a is a bottle episode, <laughs> but we're cutting open this bottle and putting it in two separate bottles for your understanding. Yeah, we're smashing the boat inside and putting just just the sails in another little bottle. It's, it is a reminder that episodes of TV are written with A stories and B stories, but they are then uh, produced and edited to really mix those things together. 
As I and was we're here to break of. apart every joke until it's no longer funny. <laughs> There's a joy in that. And each There's story. a stoic pleasure. Um, yeah. But Justin, similar to Anne and Mark, seems really tired and keeps yawning. And every yawn, I would say, sends Leslie into a panic. Yeah. As so a, she as decides. A host, I really, I really identify with that feeling. You know, of like yeah. keeping your eye on the people who are over. Yeah, he's yawning up a storm. He is truly yawning. And so she, every time he yawns, she invites a new rec center teacher to come entertain. Starting with a belly dancer, we get a fencing instructor. We get a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. Um, we, is that what it's called? A caricaturist? Yeah. Yeah, I think when in doubt, just name the thing and put artist after it. You know? So we get, we get a, a sword fighting artist. We get a, a cartoon artist. And then we we end up with a with an accounting artist who yes because the accounting well, teacher Barney who's a very funny character uh, yeah, I'm I'm accounting for future episodes when I say that <laughs> uh, <laughs> crunch the numbers in a bit <laughs> uh, really, really uh, good have, stuff going off script here thank you um, <laughs> I'm putting one in the future together <laughs> this is killing no it's <laughs> It's, it's, oh boy. So he heard that they're testing the rec center teachers. And this is the big reveal to Ron and everyone else what Leslie's been doing. And so Barney insists on giving an accounting presentation that puts Justin to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is the final nail in the coffin of sleep. And what is, what is sleep if not a tiny death? Um. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I think why not just arrest a recharge to let you live I like a that place too. to dream I, beyond the that's just so depressing what is sleep if not a tiny more depressing death? thing is i can't remember if, if shakespeare calls a little death if that's sleeping or an orgasm and i think it might be an Wait. orgasm <laughs> oh my gosh i think i mixed those up i was trying to Will's i try to wax script is stealing from shakespeare one to two times a day to keep myself fresh Okay, so yeah, what happens next? Well, in our A story, that is. I'm glad you asked. Um, Ron leaves the party. The party is effectively, we're over at this point. Um, We pick back up with Leslie facing the consequences of of her decision. And there's a disciplinary hearing um, at, at Town Hall. So Leslie is going on the record. It's all on the record. Reminded a couple times um, of of going over what what took place, what took place at Leslie's house, the you know the episode Leslie's house. Um, we get uh, we get Tom there who kind of rats out Leslie. B story, B story. No, but, that's part but, of the B story. But I'm just letting people know if they're if they feel. It's possible we could have just done this one all as one story. I Usually A story, B story, C story works. I think for this one in a bottle episode, next time we do a bottle episode, let's try to blend it a little We're bit. We're learning. No, but I think that's a good because point. Because I don't think the listener is going to love me shouting B story every time you try to explain what happened. I think it is uh, characters have really specific arcs and responses, but it's all motivated by kind of the same you know, the same rocket ship that is Justin coming. Totally. Yeah. Well, I would say, though, in terms of a story, 
Justin comes in, Leslie interviews everyone mm. as a part of the, the disciplinary committee. The, the two disciplinarians interview everyone, but she also brings in Justin. And the disciplinarians are like, who is this guy? And Leslie's like, ah, uh, got it. I got it here. And she asks him if he enjoyed the party on the record. Yeah. And he says he did. She's wondering why he fell asleep then. Turns out he was up late at night doing a lawyer case the night before. Yeah, another impressive um, thing. We never find out why Anne's so tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, being a nurse is an exhausting <laughs> profession. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. more than... I know, I don't... You know, the bigger question is probably, how does Anne so, have so much energy... To give to her in friends. In every other yeah. episode, to like, not just give to her friends, to basically work for the Parks Department. She's getting Tom lunch in past episodes. Like, she's really, I, I soon Anne will have to make some choices when it comes to her job. But yeah. dot, 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 <laughs> that comes later. So Leslie's sitting with Anne and the disciplinarian comes out and here's the big twist. The big, oh. It, it felt mm, like an, M, no. it felt worthy of M. Night, you know. A regular sixth sense, a regular a village. Yeah. Uh, a, a regular, all of his other movies too. A regular Avatar Last Airbender moment. Big twist at the end. The movie is bad. Um, we realized so that So say Leslie, your expectations high for yeah, this over, uh, over, twist. Over hype of this twist. And that Leslie uh, has organized a disciplinary hearing for herself and also has paid the $1,000 that the rec center was missing um, to make sure that no one has to, to yeah, lose she's job. paid. She's paid away the problem in terms of rec center teachers. And then she called it on herself because it was both the right thing to do. And she wanted to ask Justin on the record if he liked her party more than Jennifer Aniston's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, so, so now she has that, she's got that transcript. If she ever has any doubts, she can just review the record. Um, I hope they name like a bench after her too. Thousand dollars is that's a big donation. I think she should get at least a plaque, the very least a plaque somewhere. Yeah, I think yeah. I, and the, the another mystery of this episode in the A story is that Sue's Sue from Sue's Salads, who we will see in the future talking about Sue Salads, mm -hmm. introduces herself as Tanya this episode and teaches beginner cooking. So I'm wondering if Tanya. Later changes her name to Sue, or maybe Sue is a middle name, and then she starts Sue Salads after being a rec center teacher. I'd really like more backstory. Could be a many of the injury. listeners have it about could Sue be and a Tanya. twin situation. I think yeah. there are a lot of options. Hopefully, lots of options. This was like hopefully another deleted scene moment where we learn more about that. And I also yeah, want to say, yeah, I got a lot of flack from you for all the tongue twisters, but you nailed Sue Salads. So I think it maybe paid off doing well, that 20 minutes. It second. said on my script, it's highlighted. And in red pen, it says, get this right, girl. <laughs> so I'm just doing my best. <laughs> That's what it says I under really that. Like There's a little asterisk <laughs> that says, but also just do your best. <laughs> um, I really like this A story. I feel like it feels a little bit more old school, Leslie, in that she's, like you pointed out, not as... um capable in every way but it still feels true to season two leslie because even though she goes about it in a bad way she really pulls together a fantastic dinner party mm -hmm. yeah it's a really really fun time um 
And she's just trying so hard in everything she does, which feels true to Leslie as well. Yeah. And I think I know I I, know I started kind of rewriting the episode, <laughs> yeah, one moment of the episode in the middle of our recap. But I think some of that is that she has... Wait, what moment? What are you talking, referring to? Went about her like not being prepared for the dinner. That would be like... Well, I she's not I very prepared for it. Yeah, but I think it, I think it straddles season one and two in an interesting way in that she's still highly capable at her job. But we, but we see that she doesn't have those same abilities in her personal life. Um, and I and know, that I, doesn't I feel kind of far yeah. from it. I mean, she she has a history of like truly, and we'll learn more details in sort of a fun grab bag in the future of like horrible dates and all this stuff. So it just, I guess for me, the point that rang true about what you said is um, she is able to pull off like, big town celebrations with food and all this stuff pretty seamlessly. And so it feels like she would have gotten food, but also to be fair, this rolled together very quickly. It was like it escalated, you know, Ron, what made her go from three courses to five? (laughs) Um, But yeah, the B story, I guess, again, this is more of a bottle episode, but I see two B stories and then a baby C, which is the dynamic between Tom Haverford, who we both agree, we think this is actually a great Tom Haverford episode. Yeah, he kind of maintains like a low status yes. buzz for the whole episode. That's very, very fun. From start to finish, I find and his character endearing, low status. Like you see why he is acting, doing what he does, which, you know, we even start at the top with Tom is in love with two people this episode, his ex-wife, Wendy, and Justin, Leslie's man, in different ways. With Justin, Justin is who Tom Haverford wants to be. You know, handsome, worldly, all these stories. Um, So he tries really hard to impress him. But if Justin's who he wants to be and Wendy's who he wants to be with, I think it's just it, it creates a really fun comedy all for Tom all episode. Yeah. And it's something about he is a- attracted to these these two unattainable things. Um, and I think another reason we like it is that we it feels like the writers in the show have found some of Tom's tenderness with how he's feeling about Wendy. And I think that makes it just makes everything this episode funnier because there's that real emotional heart of not only are these you know, slapstick or humiliating or just goofy moments happening to Tom. We, we also feel for him because we know that it is worse <laughs> because he's like, Oh my gosh. And ex. he gets got, he gets done to him what he usually does to other people, which is Leslie is, n- is typically a very selfless person and is, you know, throughout the series, but we get a moment where she invites Wendy to the dinner party to try to impress Justin, Wendy, and then ba- both of April's boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tom points out, like, that's not cool to invite my ex-wife who I'm in love with when Ron is here. Yeah. Um, so we really set him up in a situation that he usually puts other people in. And yeah, there's just, he's it's great. There's physical comedy, you know, like <laughs> Ron eats a hot pepper and then Tom wants to prove himself and he goes, this is how you do it. Eats it. And has to put a blanket in his mouth to keep from screaming in the bedroom for hours. It's very funny. Yeah, we learned that he has a very frail colon. 
um, which I maybe would have even assumed. There's also one of my favorite moments is when he's talking about India with Justin and uh, and then has to like quickly excuse himself from the conversation to go Google facts about India. And, he, and he's like very much surface level, you know, number four exporter of coal. <laughs> kind of. I even like his costume in this episode where we know he has a lot of uh, moisturizer on his hands, uh, but he also is in this like little vest. Yeah. And it's just, it's really the contrast between him and who he wants to be and him. And then Ron, who his wife wants to be with it's, you know, we've been really hard on Tom, but I think I think Tom is really funny in this episode. And, you know, even when Leslie apologizes to him, she does it in a way like she sometimes does, which is like I put a big stallion in front of like a little a little pony and like all these things. And it's just Tom gets an apology, but he doesn't even fully get um, redemption. He's almost becomes the Jerry, which for a future episode might make more sense. Yeah. He is sort of Jerry this episode. Yeah. Cause Jerry's not at the dinner party. We also crucially, I don't know if this will come back. Hannah, let me know if it does. We learned that he has over exfoliated his hands and now has to re refoliate them. Um, so I don't will know. It come back. Yeah, it does in slides <laughs> and swings that leads to a death. Yeah. We'll just leave in it a there. Really grisly um, way of all this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't even want to get into it. But if you're listening and you've seen the slides and swings uh, scene we're talking about, please call in about it. Um, the other B story yeah. is April and Andy. Everyone's favorite love story to root for. I think this is the this this is my this is my draft pick for love stories currently on the show. Um, well, currently on the show, it, no competition. I'd no competition, but, even. Yeah, right. You're right. But but in the future, they'll have some competition. Some for people like underdogs. For me, I like no competition. I'll say it. So April, April is it's interesting because April's sort of between her old life with her two boyfriends and Andy, this person she clearly has a crush on. Yeah, and she kind of gets on Andy's. She's already on his good side, but she really impresses him. When, you know, he is there to do a good job, but she says that she will chew up gum and put them in Justin's really nice coat pockets. Um, so that is... Which supports my theory that he both dislikes Mark and Justin. Yeah. No, it's I, not that Justin makes it better. I, I think he definitely dislikes. Yeah. I think you're right. I think that holds up. He's, he's angry about both. But, you know, th- you know, at some point in the evening, Andy's complaining about Justin and April's boyfriends are both... Sorry, not both her boyfriends. Her boyfriend is Derek and he's dating Ben. So they, you know, they point out to Andy that Justin is amazing. And in a moment of, you know, I don't know. It's not a moment of weakness, but it's just a moment of honesty. April admits that Justin is pretty great. And Andy immediately goes, you're underage and takes away the liquor. And in one of my my favorite lines from the episode goes, I could lose my liquor license. <laughs> There's no way that he has a liquor license. Um, he, and so, he is such a fun character who is constantly playing pretend as a character yes. who like becomes the role, but he also doesn't. He doesn't know enough about how the real world works to to fake it. Where it's like we're all faking it, but he 
he like becomes but this a is what i'm saying yeah. leslie giving him all these jobs he really enjoys playing adult with a job with a liquor license and all this stuff but yeah, yeah so she kind of gets on his she upsets him yeah it's a betrayment it's a big time betrayment um and andy is hurt but they uh they make it up they make they make up they un the they're unbetrayed um because she falls through on her her offer to um to chew up gum and put it in in the pocket right and we have a f- i will uh, before i get to the c story i will say it is fun to watch ron also go under under oath because he keeps turning the questions around and what will become a, a character trait that makes complete sense because of his privacy he'll never give official information under under oath yeah he he does the he does the classic trick of answering your question with another question that's a, uh, see, I think that's kind of like a rubber rubber. So it's not like a I'm rubber, you're glue. That's like a I'm rubber, you're rubber. Are you sure rubber. about that? Does that not make sense to you? Does it feel like it doesn't make sense to me? I don't know. You tell me, dude. Ah, okay. All right. Yes, I won. Okay. So the sea story <laughs> is a tiny sea story, which is like, you know, barely anything. But it's, I would say it's Mark, you know, trying to impress Justin, but also being the only other time he's been at Leslie's house was when they slept together. That thing he forgot about. And this makes me wonder even more, Will. He claims to have forgotten about sleeping together. It is revealed now that he slept with her at her house. How do you forget Leslie's house? Yeah. Like, how do you forget that sexual experience where you had to, like, do it on top of, like, four stacks of paper and, and a, birdhouse two birdhouses yeah three i think i that's a great question here's my or two, maybe I don't slightly know. more generous Was it two read. or three there's two in the shot which makes me assume there are probably at least one to two more that we okay see. great how so, does he forget that that hookup i this is maybe a slightly more generous read of when he first says it on camera which is that he is like in work mode like I like I think he he doesn't think he isn't thinking about it every day or constantly in the way that Leslie's character in season one is like obsessing about it. I think it still is a trashy, trashy thing for him to say. But I think it's a little but bit. It's him beyond. Like, but now I'm just confused because it's not just like oh, you hooked up with someone and you forgot about it, which is already rude. But all but now it's like you hooked up at this person's house, and. On like she's some she's a hoarder and yeah. you hooked up in that space and you forgot about it, please. Here's okay. New plan. And the same with, with salad salad Susan. Um He hit his head. I think there's another head injury. We know I mean the, lots of concussions. I mean the whole season starts with a concussion. Maybe it was just one concussion that changed his personality a little bit and then also maybe knocked some memories back in. While getting rid of other memory. You know, I think there's a lot of... The brain is a really mysterious thing. Complex thing. Um, (laughs) Something I also noticed is that Anne and Mark are starting to have the same haircut. His is getting shaggier. Hers is kind of short. It just combined with the fact that they both seem to have to work on the same frequency of exhaustion. Mm -hmm. They're really... And like you've pointed out, Anne tends to become who she's dating. This is part of 
something she discovers. And maybe that discovery is the writers discovering discovering that as well mm-hmm. um, about this character. But it is funny that Anne, Anne and Mark <laughs> are sort of twins this episode, both in their hair and their energy level. And they don't they don't have any cute little moments. You know, I mean, I think all the other couples have a cute little moment and they, they don't really have. No, they just have the awkward moment of Anne remembering that Mark has also slept with her best friend who she really loves. Yeah. Yeah. And then one, probably the, the D story has got to be. Uh, Donna and Jerry hiking Everest. Yeah. With Mayor Gunderson's dog, who we yeah. never hear the full story of. Some violent, horrible thing that happens with this this dog, which we have learned in an earlier episode, is crazy. They said it was violent? Oh, no. I think something happened. The dog is okay, but everyone around it brutalized. I don't know. They're all just rumors (laughs) that I heard before the dinner party actually started. So, Yeah, it is, you know, I, I usually I am not into big parties, but something about not being able to have one safely. I'm like, when, when these things are safe again, I'm hosting a huge dinner party and there will be five courses, if not six or seven. And a belly dancer. And a belly dancer for sure. Yeah. No, I I hear you. Um, Was there a moment this episode that, that you appreciated with fresh eyes from your current rewatch? Where you're like, ah, I like that moment. Honestly, I think what we've been discussing about Tom is really sitting mm. with me because I think we have right, rightly been very harsh on Tom. And we talked about with Shintira some of the reasons it's particularly uncomfortable. But I feel like this episode is just he just keeps getting pummeled. Mm-hmm. And it's just a reminder that his bravado is just bravado. And that's not an excuse for the bad behavior we see in other episodes. But it is something I guess I appreciated in this rewatch was uh, just how he really feels like, you know, because for most of it, Leslie's in a pickle, but she's she's not. There's really no other low. St- there's no one as low status as um, Tom, even Andy goofing around has his high status moments. Uh, but Tom does not. Yeah. What do you appreciate on this rewatch? I, there's, there's a moment in one of, you know, the gray in between space between A stories and B stories where, uh, Andy shoe shines the, the chair for breakfast and Kyle gets, the guy lower than Jerry. Yeah. Gets a, gets a butt full of shoe shine. That is just a moment Um, that I, I think what I like about that specifically is that there's a moment where Andy comes up with a way to like protect himself in this shoe shine butt gate, as it will become known. Shoe shine butt gate. Where Kyle sits. So Andy's practicing shining yeah. shoes on the chair. And then before he can process the fact that Leslie said it will stick to the whoever sits on it, Kyle, his regular shoe shine client, who is yeah. basically the Jerry of City Hall, yeah. who even Jerry shits on, sits down in it. But you were saying he he protects himself. Well, he protects himself, and then he, he like, in a surprising twist, he has, like, a very, a good plan to protect himself, and then he ruins it, where he's like, um, like, oh, did you have a stain on your butt before you sat down? 
And then Kyle stands up and we see that there is a stain. And Andy's like, oh, no, there's nothing there. <laughs> like, he does it. I don't know. I just like the whole the whole sequence. It's real fun. I also think there's just something nice about an episode where all the characters we're starting to love sit down and eat dinner together. Yeah. Like, I like that they're all in the same space. It, it reminds me of those Friends episodes where their friends, like, once a season, if not more, would have bottle episodes. Like, the one where nobody's ready comes to mind, where they're all trying to get ready for, I believe, Ross's gala. And mm. that's the one where uh, Joey is wearing all of Chandler's clothes. Could I be wearing any more clothes? And it's just all of them goofing off together. And I like that about it. Yeah. Um, but the script is actually saying it's time to go to town halls. So I got to follow the script you've written. So I think we should do it. Yeah, um, bring them we're, in. we're so excited. We we're excited. We have, we have voicemails. That's at speakpipe uh, dash Pawnee Public Radio. We, we also have two emails this time. That's uh, town hall at pawneepublicradio.com. You can also tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. And you remember the Raffletopia. <laughs> Uh, that we introduced in the beginning, start sending us those five-star reviews of you and your friends and you'll be entered in the raffle drawn at the end of the year. That's only like a month and a half away till the end of 2020. And you can come be an expert on the podcast. So let's jump into these voicemails. What do you say to that? I'm on board. Who's first? Who who should we start with? I believe, I want to say it's Joy the Librarian, right? Yeah. All right, so our first voicemail is from Joy the Librarian, number 107. Hi, Anna and Will. This is Joy the Librarian. Whenever I've had MRIs, they actually play music for me to kind of drone out the sound of the MRI machine. What music would you guys listen to? Love the podcast. Bye. That's a great question. Thank you, Joy, so much for calling in. Yeah, you sound like an MRI pro. That's great. I've never had an MRI. So this is a good question for me to... This is something that I need to think about ahead of time so that I'm ready. I'm ready when it happens. What music would you listen to? I think I think if a podcast was an option, I would listen to us, Honey Public Radio. You just got <laughs> to hear your own voice to see what it does to your brain. I want to know what is happening. What is? I just want to know what's happening to me. <laughs> um, I mean, I think you can't go wrong with... Uh, with some Inya, some kind of like soothing, some soothing Inya, a little bit of Bjork, or I've been using this, uh, this Headspace app that has some really sick meditation, uh, ambient sounds that I could also, you know, kind of doze off to. So those are my three. I think you got to go through a whole playlist yeah. in there and see what different music, how it affects your brain. Cause you can then see inside your brain. I tried to do yeah. a folklore Taylor Swift workout recently, and it's very calming. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah my I feel like a, I've been listening to a lot of uh, sad, sad and angry songs. But I think in an MRI, like like righteously angry, you know, like uh, like pro like protest uh, ac- acoustic acoustic Midwestern boys shouting over their guitars. Um, just to feel something. Because when I think of protest songs, I think of like the Yiddish protest songs in my youth. But we, we come from different backgrounds. So maybe that's why. When I hear protest songs, I think of, yeah, again, 
I was like, my Bubby and my Zadie would be proud of me standing up for justice and for liberty. That's what Will would listen to in an MRI. Joy, thank you so much for the question. Our next speak pipe is from Anonymous, number 108. Hello, Hannah and Will. This is Connor R. calling from Washington. It is currently midnight of three. I'm calling because I saw your tweet saying that you needed uh voicemails right now like now now so i'm sending it now uh my question is actually about the accountant guy there doesn't seem to be a lot of business for accountants in Pawnee, so i'm wondering who you think um does the most money laundering and why is it sue salads because we know they're not getting any business in Pawnee. thank you love you bye Thank you for immediately responding, Connor R, to my tweet. Yeah. I appreciate I appreciate <laughs> having someone that's like, I got you. I asked for voicemails. He he actually asked me, he tweeted at me. He said, right now? Okay. And I said, yes, right this second. So part of this is on me. And then he said, I well, did nice. it with a Jerry. It's nice to get that Jim. kind of quick response and also immediately respond to your own question is really helpful. So I'll admit to having a certain level of anxiety about, you know, People are asking questions. What am I going to say? Um, and it's and it's nice to have to know what the answer is by the time we get to the end of the town hall. So thank you, Connor. Yeah, what? Susan Salad. He answered the question. Who's doing all the, the money laundering? Oh, oh, okay. I got confused. I got confused. <laughs> I got confused. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I hope that everyone right now gets into Raffatopia. The the word's just becoming more and more of a weird nonsense word. Rafi mm-hmm. Um and you're texting the th- like three friends so that your name keeps getting entered. Yeah, I mean maybe all the health food stores are really accounting for the fact that nobody likes their food. So maybe we agree with that answer of yours. <laughs> I think there's also a lot of there are a lot of small businesses that we're going to meet that could use a helpful accountant. Mm-hmm. And we haven't met them yet, but but I believe that they exist. Dot, dot, dot. Next voicemail is number 109, Anonymous. Hey, Hannah and Will. Loved your guest, Shantara. Finally, an expert on sports, especially college sports. Love the way that she was such a fan of her politically incorrect Florida State Seminoles and all their crazy and questionable rituals. That's what we love about sports. Uh, Which gets me on the topic of, I asked you guys a couple weeks ago, what college football team has a good chance to win the national championship? And Will reverted to his Razorbacks, and Hannah went to the Sooners. But your Northwestern Wildcats are four and O and looking very strong, moving up the chart somewhere around twentieth in the country. How could you forget your own school? Shame on you. Uh, so I'm going to give you another chance now that we're further along, uh, and <clears throat> the football season, uh, and in college football. To, to pick an actual winner this time, now that Shantara's given you some information to help you make your decision. 
Thanks, Dad. I love you. I guess, you know, we're going to say our answer, our new answer at once, because you know how I love saying things at the same time. Our new choice is obviously Northwestern. Go, you Northwestern. Go, you Northwestern. All right. I love you, Dad. That was a great question. Thanks for letting me change my answer. Uh, Will's sticking with his razoring backs. Um, I, Tamsin. Yeah, I've got a lot of lot of money on it. Speaking of razorbacks, Tamsin. Roll Tamsin clip. is our next voicemail. <laughs> 110. Hey, guys. Tamsin here. Hope you're having a great day. My question this week is, did you identify with anyone at the party? Personally, I related to Ron bringing his own food to the party and not sharing with anyone, partially because of my own dietary restrictions, but also because I don't trust that anyone could make food that I would like more than the food that I make myself. So, yeah. Who would you tag yourself in in the dinner party scene? Thank you for hoping we both had a good day. I don't know that either of us might say yes to that, but I appreciated the wish. Um, I would tag myself as Barney, where I hear there's a dinner party that everyone else is invited to, and I come in with a full-blown presentation. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah, just have... You gotta have one friend who's ready with a TED Talk, just, just ready to go. Um, I'm so excited to eat food with you soon, Tamsin. <laughs> I know we don't have anything on the books, but in in an episode that's all about overhyping, that sounds like the perfect amount of hyping for what sounds like a very what what you've made the case for is a very delicious meal. Um, I would tag myself as uh, I think I might be Andy, and that I like having I like feeling like I have something to do. I think I, mm-hmm. I at a your dinner Great party, I'll give myself lots of little tasks. Um, and and like to come up with little games for myself to do at dinner parties. Um, yes, I'm Andy. There we go. We're Barney and Andy. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. Our next voicemail number one eleven. Connor Young. Hey Hannah and Will, this is Connor Young calling in from Norman, Oklahoma. This week, I just wanted to know which one of the hobbies that the instructors from the rec center talk was your favorite. I'm pretty impartial to the accounting. I thought that was very interesting. He did a really job presenting it. But I wanted to see which one your favorite was, too. Okay, thank you. Love to hear your thoughts. Thank you, Connor Young, for calling in. I think going from Ron's face frowning to his cartoon mm. artist depiction really made me giggle. Cartoon Ron also has major Soviet vibes. Something about the mustache. I think it's like Stalin-esque, which I'm sure just made him so furious. Um, I'm a fan of the fencing teacher who whose lesson includes being fully dressed in a fencing and like fencing gear and not giving protecting any the other person gear to their student. <laughs> I, I that person is uh, psychotic, and I want to know more about them. Get ready for the spinoff that says it's called Fencing with Frank. Frank. Oh, my God. I said <laughs> I thought Frank, too. Wow. You just witnessed a magical moment. Uh, with that magic, we're going to go into our last voicemail. Number 112, Anonymous. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Will. Love last week's podcast with Will's friend from his IO days. She's quite 
accomplished improviser, TV writer, podcaster, and I thought the three of you had great chemistry and were doing some really fine improvising on air. I also really liked this week's episode. I especially liked uh, the scenes with Andy where he really gets Justin. Um, and I liked Leslie making Justin swear under the penalties of perjury that he had a good time at, at her house. Uh, just, just a really great episode. And it was kind of nice to see that Leslie is not perfect, what with her hoarding tendencies. Uh, and I'm sure you've already given your thoughts on the, on the show, but if you haven't, I'd like to know what your favorite line from the show is. Yay. Thanks mom for calling in. I'm glad you enjoyed our Shantira episode. If you haven't listened to that, it's the one right before this. Go listen. It's really fun. Yeah, it'll be there. Favorite line. I I like uh, frail colon just hit me. <laughs> Which time. one did? Frail colon. Whenever Wendy says frail colon, I think that line. It's really then, an overshare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's she's in the wrong. Um, and then I also really love Tom being like genuinely pleased with himself that India is one of like the top four uh, coal exporters. Like he's, <laughs> I just, I just love someone who has just lo- has seconds ago learned new information and is already like claimed like, it showing off with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like the start of the episode when she goes, you know, with every one of you is a jewel and now we're going to have to lose some jewels. She's just terrible at delivering bad news and then I also like when Justin's under oath and she sort of and he t- he admits that he had to work late and she goes, we could have rescheduled, babe. And they're just having this coupled moment in front of this like official disciplinary review duo. I think it's really fun. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for calling in, mom. Uh, we have two emails. Remember, you can email us at townhall at com. That's one of the ways you can do the raffizope. <laughs> it's got to get weirder every time I say it. Yeah, um, so yeah, Will, why don't you start us off from with Olivia Cade's email? Yeah, this email comes from Olivia. Hi, Hannah and Will. May I start Wait, off? Read by the saying, title. Read the title. Mm, it's like the kids never read an email on air before. <laughs> He's out of practice. Titled subject matter: Rec Center teacher dreams slash Leslie's house slash Parks and Rec general thoughts. And feelings by Olivia Cade. Hi, Hannah and Will. May I start off by saying hearing your voices and friendly banter every Tuesday morning is an absolute delight. Let me interject by saying um, thank you. Thank you. And I guess you're welcome. Olivia says, I have watched Parks and Rec many, many times through, and Hannah's vast knowledge of all of the actors and actresses who are on the show as guest stars, cameos, etc., makes my heart soar with the eagle's nest. I think it is necessary to include the office references when emailing Hannah and Will about a completely different sure show. Mm-hmm. That is a gentle roast burn celebration, and I accept and thank you. That was that was me. Um, she says because I too have a completely absurd amount of knowledge strictly regarding the actors and actresses who appear on PNR, their backgrounds and upcoming projects. Why? This is not rhetorical, Hannah. 
I would genuinely love to know why you also possess this knowledge and if it's improved your quality of life slash QOL. Headline, woman bravely tries out new acronym on complete strangers via Gmail makes them wonder, is this her, too, her true qol in? Because I don't know what to do with it. I have a question for both of you. Oh, here we go. If you could teach one rec center class based on your current knowledge and skills, what would it be? Thank you. Olivia Cade, human disaster. Whoa. Um, first of all, <laughs> what a delightful email. I feel like you partook in the friendly banter that you liked so much. I feel like you were right here with us, yeah. Olivia. Um, let, I mean, I guess first let's address the why that was addressed to, to me. Um, it's, you know, it's just my comfort show. It's my you know, I, I love checking in on the characters, the world. I've talked about this a lot, but I think when you love something and it's a comfort space, it's you want to deep dive and hear everything you possibly can. I also think if you've never listened to Aubrey Plaza on a late night show or even just any talk show, she is such a mm -hmm. funny talk show guest that I ended up just binge watching Aubrey Plaza on talk shows. Uh, her and Ellen... It's just so uncomfortable and funny early on when she does Ellen. And then every late night show, she really is just a hilarious guest. And so I ended up on top of just wanting to deep dive into the show, deep dive dove into Aubrey Plaza's interview uh, persona, uh, which is herself, but like uh, this heightened, really fun version. Has it improved my quality of life? It has improved my QOL. I think my QOL has gone up about five or six QOLs. Um, and you know the math there. I don't need to account for you not knowing. <laughs> I just use the same accounting <laughs> pun. Um, so yeah, that's my answer to that. And then, Will, if you could teach one rec center class uh, based on your current knowledge and skills, what would it be? And I'll answer after you, of course. I think I'm going to teach an improv class. I think I'm going to... I think I'm going to teach an improv class. <laughs> <laughs> gonna put that knowledge to work um yeah i think i think that or i could i could do a video editing class actually if anyone i know some of our callers have have done like put their resume on town hall so actually i could teach a video editing class so if anyone needs anyone to teach a video editing class um please do let me know and i can i would love to i would love to do that um, I would teach a class on how to get way too emotionally invested in your internet trolls. I feel mm. like I'm always able to take it like six or seven steps too far. I've talked to the the brother of one of my trolls. With another troll, I went back through her tweets trying to figure out why she is the way she is. Mm. Uh, you know, I really feel like I take a good job. I do a good job taking something that should really only take three seconds of my time and really stretching it out to be multiple gut punches. And I would love to be able to share how you too can be make the uh, let the internet make you miserable. Um, I guess that's one course. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that's a series of courses. I think you. Can, that's probably a series. You no, know, you could have like level A, level B. Like I think you could really have a. The deeper a whole you get in, yeah. yeah. I've sat in on some um, of these classes with you when you're like. Yeah. I feel like I've learned some, and I can vouch for you if you need. I've cry. I cry a lot while while teaching it. Yeah, which is a thing to learn how to do that, how to turn it on. It's all about finding the right trolls. I mean, really, I also know how to draw Pokemon pretty well. So I guess that would be my second <laughs> answer. I, I taught a 
Pokemon drawing class once. I have been a teacher. Thank you so much, Olivia Cade. Not a human disaster, a human delight. Um, for emailing in, please email in again. Call in, tweet at us. You gave us a little, and we want more. <laughs> um, yeah, we're insatiable. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need more. Our, <laughs> our second email is from Jasmine Weaver. She said, "Weird question." Hi, Hannah and Will. Love listening to your podcast about one of my favorite shows. First time emailing in and funnily do not have a Parks and Rec question. Hannah, I paused for dramatic effect. Yeah, I I got chilled. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hannah, you mentioned occasionally that you were a tour guide at Northwestern. When I toured there, my guide was a girl with glasses and curly hair, but I do not remember her name. Were you a tour guide the summer of 2011? I'm going to finish the email before I answer. If you were, I remember you did a great job. Well, now it's, you know where I'm going to lean. And my family and I were impressed by how enthused you were about the campus. If not, that girl was great, but I'm sure you were fine as well. Love listening to you both, Jasmine. P.S. Did not end up attending Northwestern for reasons not contributed to the campus tour. Here's the big reveal. I asked Will because I I was a tour guide only one summer. I was a tour guide all four years, but also only one summer. And it was the summer after my freshman mm-hmm. year, which was 2011. 2011. Yeah. So wow. there I also don't remember many tour guides with curly hair and glasses. It was a very preppy crew other than me. Not that you can't be preppy and have glasses and curly hair. So this is insane. Jasmine, I I was your tour guide, most likely. I'd say well, there's a ninety percent chance. Can you give should her I a do some of the tour? Of like, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe some of like your your regular material. And you don't have to walk backwards, but if it helps you get into the It's been like, six term. years since I've done it. Um <laughs> By the end, I had it down to a rhythm. Like, I knew exactly when I would make what jokes. I remember, okay, this is the Northwestern Arch. Uh, You walk through it when you enter Northwestern, and you walk out of it when you leave. And they often say about the arch, if you want to know what's up, just look down. And then you look down, and there's all the papers of what uh, the different campus activities are. That's one joke. This is like original material. That you came up with. In- <laughs> <laughs> it was like it's like uh, Second City performing their like greatest sketches. Like they you kind of you can yeah, make it your it's own. It's sort of the greatest hit situations. Okay. Um you know, uh I'm trying to remember. Um I would I started by talking about the dorms. Yeah. See, I think I think hearing just this. Will will ring a bell. Will really jog her memory. If, if listening to your voice for the last you know few months hasn't, hasn't <laughs> maybe hearing you um, say, "Can I just give you a few I, words that might help?" Uh, what? Maybe just having like a few few words so you can say like um, quarter system. That's good. Yeah. The my my improv team rehearses in Kresge. Can we hear that? My improv team rehearses in Kresge. This is the library. It looks like a prison. 
This is the library. It looks like a prison. Actually, I would shit on the library. Yeah. <laughs> I said it was like the ugliest building on campus. Okay, I think we've gotten. Um, yeah, I think we have. I think we've gotten. Is there one last phrase you want me to say to to yeah. Jasmine's memory? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Final um, phrase. This is our Sabaros. Do not buy a slice. Maybe that one. This is our Sabaros. Do not buy a slice. Um, Jasmine, I'm going to ask you now because I, you know, there are a few families I still, you know, think about. There was the guy on my tour once who the dad got stung by a bee about ten minutes in. So there was a medical emergency around the bee sting. Or is that your dad? I'd also like to know: Are you the family that? started the tour by telling me how hungry you were mm. and I let you know where you could eat. And they said, no, we want to stick with the tour group. But then we got to the dining hall and the only other family on my tour that time used the bathroom. And I was like, this is perfect. There's chips right there. And they decided not to eat, even though they'd been mentioning food the whole time. <laughs> um, is your and mother? That's, the That's why they didn't go to Northwestern. <laughs> no food. Is <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, there are just so many, so many people. I have even more stories like that, but <laughs> the, my favorite, and this is not your mother because this guy actually went to Northwestern. He, a few years later, I saw him there. The mother came up to me after and said, my son's really funny. You mentioned you did comedy, honey, be funny. And then she looked at her son and I just felt so bad. Because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to tell him, it's okay, you don't have to be funny on the spot. Yeah. I didn't. Or is your dad, final one, is your dad the guy who, we don't accept tips, but shook my hand. I didn't realize there was a 20 in his hand, so it fell to the ground, and we both watched it fall, and then I didn't know what to do, <laughs> so he just turned around slowly and walked away. Let me know, Jasmine, if any of those uh, people seem familiar to you. I really appreciate you calling in. What a small world. Um, I hope you enjoyed whatever college you did go to. Thank you for saying I gave a great tour. So we have one five-star review. And just a reminder that Rafa Rafa is happening now. That's when, if you screenshot which five-star review is yours, or if you haven't made one already, make one and subscribe. Both are necessary and send it to us via email, ta townhall at pawneepublicradio.com or on Twitter at Radio Pawnee. Your name is entered to win a raffle and you'll get to guest host on the podcast if your name is chosen. But you don't just get to enter once. You get to enter for as many friends as you bring along into that fun space. So um, should I read this? Yeah, read it. I dare you. Uh, the review is high. That's what the review says. H-I. I know there are many different kinds of highs. My friend told me I'd get in your podcast if I wrote a five-star review. So here I am doing just that. Since you asked, I'm fine. It's just that life is pointless and nothing matters and I'm always tired. Peace out. And then a peace sign. Is this Ann Perkins <laughs> from this episode? It has the energy. Yeah. Um, it's from Clay, but it might as well be from Ann. C-L-A-E-I. I, you know, I, I appreciate just trying to get in touch with us. It sounds like, it sounds like maybe you don't even listen to the podcast. <laughs> but I like the idea of just being really dedicated to like, try to get on as many podcasts as possible. Um, so cross this one I off I feel your like list. she You're does right. listen because I asked my listeners, how are you guys doing? And she answered, or he answered, since you asked, I'm fine. 
So I feel like this person is listening. And that they're fine. I'm so sorry that you are are feeling that way. Uh, In full disclosure, jokes aside, Will and I have both had our own version of rough days and we feel that listeners and we hope like i it means so much when people write in and they say that and and this person did not say this but that this podcast is a nice joy and break in their day or week and that means a lot that you feel that way some of you and it if means the same thing to us too i would speak for both of us yeah yeah no 100 percent um it's a weird time to be alive but i think you know find the little things that bring you joy and we're Truly just so honored if this is one of those things. That is a really, yeah, really nice. So make sure your friend lets us know that you're their friend because they could be out, they could be uh, entered (laughs) in this raffle. Yeah. Thrilled. Everyone's Um, invited. Thank you for writing in. Thank you for rating us five stars. It really also just helps us boost us, boost us up on Apple Podcasts so that we can try to reach a bigger audience and really make this community. A bustling town. Yeah. Yeah. Go from a... I was going to say from a Pawnee to an Indianapolis, but I think we learned in this episode, Pawnee is just enough to offer. Just enough. It's fine. (laughs) All righty. So that is the episode. Um, Next week, we have a special guest on who many of you will know, but I won't say his name right now (laughs) it's not you're good at this at at these these little teases i think it's just enough yeah he enjoys speaking into mics as well that's all i'll say whoa tease 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 (laughs) um thank you so much uh please let's make this raffle a fun thing again there'll be a really clear explanation on our twitter at radio (laughs) pawnee When we release this episode, that will be released as well on Twitter. Um, what are you having for dinner, Will? Anything anything delicious? Five five course meal? Oh, yeah. But I do need to, I think I need to get my, uh, I need to zoom a quick rec teacher to give you some pointers on how to, how to unfreeze my frozen vegetables. Ah, <laughs> uh, listener, I hope you're having a fine week. And if if it's just fine or lower than that, I hope this made it a little bit better. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear from more and more of you. It brought such a smile to my face that we heard from two new people in the emails. Uh, let's keep calling in. Let's keep chatting and keep watching Parks and Rec together. See you next time. Bye.